Our dear kind and loving and gracious and heavenly Father, I am so thankful for bringing us here at this time. I'm thankful, Father, for this opportunity that we have to study your word, to talk um, with each other, and to allow you to reason with our hearts. And I pray that this morning, this afternoon rather, um, that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us. Father, in all of these things, we desperately need the power of your Holy Spirit. And we want to be able to see this subject objectively, and we want to be able to yield our whole self to you. And this is not going to be possible, Father, without your Spirit. And so I ask that your Spirit will rest over this room and that you will um, be with me as you speak through me um, the things that you have shared with me to all my precious sisters here. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good afternoon. I'm excited about being here and I'll tell you why. I recently went through a, min a mini paradigm shift myself. La end of last year, we had a really amazing time in the state of Michigan. We did something called a company of workers. And while I was there, what happened was my life was changed. I really thought that I was going there to, you know, help to enhance the experience of the students that were with me and different things like that. But what ended up happening was God broke my heart and remolded me and it was it was a really fantastic experience. I'm telling you that um, because probably up until that point I wouldn't have been able to be really open and honest um, about these different um, topics, not just this topic of single and satisfied but just in life. I was a person that was quite um, reserved although you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell that from associating with me, but there were just things that you would never have been able to get to. So I was able to just lock myself down like that. Um, and God showed me clearly that, you know, being locked down is not his, um, it's not his ideal. He wants us to be able to be open and honest. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Danella Taylor. I'm originally from England. Uh, my accent is not that strong now because I've been in this country for a while. Uh, I am transitioning at this moment from Meat Ministry. I work at Meat Ministry and we're about to set up a new ministry in Kentucky called Thrive. So anybody that wants to know anything about practical apprenticeship training for soul winning, come and see me afterwards. That's, uh, that's what Thrive is all about. And, um, and I'm just... It's just a blessing to be able to speak about this topic today. Okay, so single and satisfied. When they first told me about this title, uh, there's a seat right here, yeah. When they first told me about this title, I thought, that's really interesting because the majority of us, is everybody here single? It's okay if you're not. If you're not, it's, it's fine. Um, but the majority of us single women, um, I think, at least I'm going to speak, I'm going to really speak from my experience. And I hope that you can resonate with me. I hope that we can have some dialogue. I hope that we'll connect. Amen. Um, at least in my experience, I have found that it's very easy to say I'm satisfied and really be feeling and experiencing something else. Does anybody else concur with that? 
Okay, good. I see, I see nodding heads. And that's because it's almost like we don't want to come across as not being satisfied. So it's not okay for anybody to see anything else, right? So I'm single, but I don't want to come across like I'm pining. I don't want to come across like I'm lonely. I don't want to come across like I need men. So all of these different things are going on in our minds. And so we end up portraying something that is not, um, it's not real. And I want us, by God's grace, um, by the end of this session, or not even by the end of this session, at least by the end of this session, and then when you go and have some, you know, heart-wrenching, soul-searching time with your Savior, amen, by the end of that, that we can get past that, that facade of um, pretending and just be real and be really fulfilled in who we are, amen? Now, the people over there, can you see the screen? A little bit. Um, I don't mind if you want to take some chairs really quickly and, and put them over here in this corner. Like you might be able to squeeze some in that row. Um, I don't want you to not be able to see what's happening. So we're talking today, um, two sessions. Part one is addicted to affection. Okay, that's what we're talking about for this session. Addicted with affection. Just going to wait till our lovely sisters pass by. <laughs> Yes. Amen. Addicted to affection. And, um, <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> After Brother Caleb spent all his hard time setting everything up just perfectly. Um, in, in being raised in this society where we are told um, that you need to be connected with somebody else in order to feel fulfilled. Oftentimes what happens is we go from infatuation to infatuation. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it almost feels like if you're not, your mind isn't focused on somebody, that you feel kind of empty. Can anyone resonate with that? Now, if you can't, that's fine. If you can, that's great. And if you're kind of in denial, I'm praying. Let's just pray. Let's, let's really, let's all pray together. Seriously, that the spirit can, can really uh, talk to us at this moment in time. Because it's so important for us to be honest with ourselves right now. Like, it's really important. In order to get over anything, like, the first step is actually knowing what we're getting over, right? The first step is admit, hello, my name is Danella. I'm addicted to affection. Okay. Um, but... By God's grace, we can overcome. So the first thing is that God wants you to be happy. All right. He longs for you to be happy. Now, do you think that the devil wants for you to be happy? The devil doesn't want for you to experience the happiness that is found in Jesus Christ. But God wants you to be happy. And so the things that God has given us to experience true satisfaction are the very things that the devil is going to try his utmost best to barricade us from, to block our minds or to deceive us from. So that's something to keep in, in focus as we go through this or just as you analyze your own life, um, that what the majority is doing is of the world and that means what the majority is doing is not going to bring me the greatest satisfaction and so we go through life as young ladies and um, we are in a dark place we are here um, for behold let's read this together 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. All right. So this is where we are um, in this in this moment in history. We're in a stage of darkness. Our minds are darkened. Our hearts are darkened because the devil doesn't want us to experience the light. And so the, you know, the, the darkness that's been coming out from the ages is now um, really being compounded on us at this moment in time. And so it says we grope for the wall like the blind and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 10. So this is where we are. Um, we are looking for, searching for this reality. We're searching for something better than the darkness that we experience without being fully set free from Christ. Right? Is that, is that kind of, can you resonate with what I'm saying? And um, God wants us to be happy. He sees us in this darkened state, kind of groping for and reaching for the things that we think is going to make us satisfied and things that we think is going to fulfill us. And the Lord is desperately wanting his children, his daughters. You are his daughters. Amen. Desperately wanting us to be in an experience of light and happiness and fulfillment and not in this experience of darkness that the devil, I mean, he would do anything to keep us right here. And the reason why we're here, one of the main reasons is that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so we're in this state of darkness. Um, not only are we in this state of darkness, but you are being lied to. Okay? You are being lied to chronically across the board. So the first thing that I want us to really get into our minds is that we're being lied to. There are some things that we need to get out of our minds um, and understand that that was just a deception of the devil. Okay, so Hollywood is lying to you, all right? Hollywood is definitely lying to you. And so we have all of these nice movies and we have all of these television programs and, and, and really showing us that what we need to experience this fulfillment is that idea of romance and companionship. And you watch those movies and you get this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling at the end of it. Isn't that true? And it's just like, ah, oh, if only I could be experiencing that, I too would be happy. Hollywood is lying to you. Um, and they tell us that this happens from a young age. So children now are like, you know, three, four, five, holding hands, like, ah, and it's so cute. And the world loves young love. And that, ah, it's just so nice. And it's, in, it's ingrained in our minds from childhood. But we're being lied to. And the worst thing about it is, is that we're told that they all live what? <laughs> happily ever after, right? But how many happily ever afters do you see in reality? Like hardly any. Um, <laughs> right, especially in Hollywood, that's right. So even Hollywood itself, you know, is in a state of deception. So they're not living happily ever after because there's no way you can be under the devil's plan and living happily ever after. Like, that's impossible. But that's what we're being told. And so we have this warm, fuzzy feeling about this one-day fantastic romance that's going to happen to us, okay? We're being lied to. Social media is lying to you, all right? Uh, social media is definitely lying to you. I'm just going to show you some things that, that I found as I was searching through it. So this whole idea of being single, um, social media either portrays it as like this, this cool idea of, you know, I'm independent, I don't need men, I'm doing all right. Or this lonesome idea of, I can't believe it, I, <laughs> I need somebody else. 
I can't take this life, okay? So single until I know it's real, right? Until I know the real thing is coming, like I'm gonna remain single. Or I'm single, but I ignore people like I'm taken, okay? So this, these defense mechanisms are now coming up because people are being hurt, and this experience of being single, it, they just don't know what to make of it. Keep calm and stay single, okay? almost scared of making a real commitment because what does that look like? It looks like heartache most of the time. Um, don't touch me, right? <laughs> this is, social media is lying to us. Society is lying to you, okay? Um, this says, no, I am not single. I'm in a long distance relationship because my boyfriend lives in the future, okay? <laughs> So this is it, right? This, this is it. This whole paradigm of it's coming, like it's coming. And that's what society is telling you. Don't worry. You know, you go to your relative's house or your family's house, your friends. It's like, do you, are, you, are you in a relationship yet? Do you have a boyfriend? Don't you think he's cute? Like everybody is trying to get you into this, you know, everybody's trying to do it at all times. Society's lying to us, okay? Single life is the best life until you get hit by the lonely nights, right? This is what society is telling us. It's nice to be free and independent, but really, you know, there comes a point when you realize you need somebody else. Um, as a self-described idealist, I never consider myself a single. I like to say that I'm in between romances at the moment. Right? This is seriously, I think, where many of our minds are. In between romances or in between an idea of romances, and that's where we're living. We're not living in the present. We're living in the past was so nice. What's happening, the future is coming. And what's today is like this idea of, of singleness. We sometimes think we want to disappear, but all we really want is to be found. Now, the thing is, it's true all we really want is to be found, but to be found by, by who? Society's lying to you. They, they tell you to be found by the right one. Oh, if only we can find Jesus, amen? He will satisfy everything that we need. Um, single and ready to mingle. Okay, society is like, let, let it go. Go and find the person of your dreams, okay? And it's pushed on us at all times. Um, we're being lied to, but like I said before, mainly your heart is lying to you, okay? The heart is deceitful above all things. Now, above all things, what does that include? What does all things include? And that includes everything. Do you think that includes the devil? Do you think so? Now, above all things, that's everything. I think sometimes we blame the devil too much. Our hearts are corrupt. Um, and the devil plays on that at all times. But our hearts themselves are lying to us. And until we really get to grips with that, we're going to be going in this forever cycle of listening to the lies of our hearts. Um, and our hearts are responding to the lies that are being told us by media, by literature, by um, our families and friends and society, by social media. Our hearts are responding to it, but inside there is a yearning of our hearts, and that yearning needs to be channeled, channeled correctly. Okay? So I'm just going to look at this idea of um, being... Yes, come ahead and join us, that's fine. I'm just gonna go ahead and look at this idea of being single um, and what it looks like, okay? And so these are some other words for single. One only, one, soul, 
lone, solitary, isolated, by itself, unaccompanied, alone, or solo, right? So if you look at just the word single, these are the other words that come up kind of associated with it. And what kind of a connotation do these words have? Would you say positive or negative? negative. Kind of negative, kind of like dreary. Like, I don't want to be going through that experience, okay? Um, and so what is happening to us in our sphere of living right now is that we're in the state of being and it's something that subconsciously we're, we're repelling against it we don't really want it because of all the lies being told to us because of all the lies our hearts are telling to us and because of the negative connotation that's being put on what it means to be single so we want to blow those today we want to just get it over and done with all right we want to see what the lord really wants to say um but carrying along carrying on with this idea of being single i'm not addicted to alcohol or drugs. I'm addicted to escaping reality. Okay? And so oftentimes what happens is we're not living in the present. We're not living in what our current calling is, what our current present uh, state of being is. Um, we want to escape the reality. We use many different things to escape this reality. Oftentimes in our imaginations, oftentimes in our associations with other people, especially with men, we're trying to grasp at a reality that is not ours presently but we want it because we want to escape this reality because it has a negative connotation in our minds um, this is a question testimonies to ministers what is the predominating tone of your feelings okay you want to ask yourself this question seriously have some heart to heart with the lord your tastes or your inclinations where is the main current of your sympathies? Your, what's the next word? Affections, your conversation, or your desires. Testimony to minister, ministers, page 442, paragraph one. What is the predominating tone of your feelings? And as I started to really allow the Lord to um, search my heart, right and actually listen to it and not back away from it i began to see that the main current of my sympathies and my affections wasn't towards the lord i wanted it to be and i deceived myself into thinking that it was but if i was really honest with myself my mind would often just be running on the nice friendships that i was having with people not just with men because we grasp for affection from many other sources we grasp it from our, our close friends and associates and families we we want to fill that that craving or that void with almost anything and so i saw that if i wasn't being fulfilled in some way like if my phone wasn't dinging i was like oh, i feel like abandoned you know, why did nobody contact me today i what happened to my work well what happened to my worth was it was placed in the wrong place in my mind right or why would I feel all of a sudden really happy when I spoke to one of my male friends who was, you know, closer to me than the rest? Like, why did I all of a sudden feel like my day is going fine now? Like, really? <laughs> and, and this is the thing, because if we have that heart-to-heart -heart time with the Lord, um, then he can reveal these things to us, and he's going to reveal them to us in a very loving way. But oftentimes we brush him aside like, no, that's not really happening, because... We want it to continue because we're scared of letting go and what the other side looks like. And 
we're really only scared of it because we've never experienced it. Because the other side of it is so much sweeter. All right, so a woman's desire. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, okay? Um, this is after the fall, and God is talking to Adam and Eve and telling them the consequences of their choices of yielding over um, to yielding over their obedience and their allegiance to the enemy. And so he says to the woman, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy, what's our next word? Thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Okay. Now when God told Adam that the thorns and thistles are going to come from the ground, um, who was that to benefit? It was to benefit Adam, right? He said, for thy sake. Um, and that's because now in man's fallen condition, he needed something that was going to um, challenge him and, and help him to recognize that he was dependent on God. Okay? He really needed that. Women needed that too. And so God gave women something very special. He gave her now a desire that wasn't really there to begin with. It was, she didn't have this continual yearning after her husband. She was just supposed to stay by his side. And she didn't. Uh, and if you read on what the spirit of prophecy says about, um, about this verse, she talks about the fact um, that Eve was, because she was the first one that had transgressed, and because she was one that had first wandered away from her husband to begin with, there was almost like a spirit of independence and it needed to be quelled. And so now before where there didn't need to be this hierarchy, it had to be put into place now. Um, but it was going to be a blessing for Eve um, because she could always have her desire filled by the person that God was going to put into her life and before that by he himself right so this is one of the greatest blessings given to a woman but it's it's grossly misused um and so in the hebrew the word desire means a stretching out after a desire a longing or a craving i was going to put the hebrew word up here but I really can't pronounce it properly, but just look it up because of the T. Um, <laughs> so a stretching out after. And husband, that word husband actually just means man or male. Isn't that interesting? Now, there was only one man or male on the earth when God said that, and that was her husband, right? So it was translated there as husband. Um, but in woman, there is this now natural pull stretching out to yearning after, craving for a male figure or a man figure. It's there. It's really there. Uh, and it, it's okay for it to be there. So the first thing to recognize is we do have these God-given desires. It's okay to desire to be married. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Let me, just, let me stop there and continue. So there's nothing wrong with that. God has given us a desire, um, a stretching out, a reaching out, a longing after. Um, however, it can be perverted. Okay? So this is continuing now on a woman's desire. This is um, Sister White. She's writing a letter to uh, a brother so-and-so. I can't remember what his initial is. Um, so... 
volume two of the testimonies, page 417. And she's telling this husband that he needs to better understand his wife. Okay, so that's the context um, kind of of this testimony. So it says, when the higher order of faculties is aroused in you, she's talking to the husband now, when it's aroused in the husband um, and strengthened by exercise, you will better understand the wants of who? Of women, right? So she's talking to the husband. She's like, you really need to exercise this and try to stay in tune with the Lord so you can better understand the wants of women. Then she goes on to explain the wants of women. You will understand that the soul craves love of a higher, purer order. You fail to understand the heart of a woman. She is hungering for deep, true, elevating love. Okay? So that is the heart of a woman. Yearning for, craving for, longing after true love. A deep, true, elevating love. Love of the right order. Um, And Sister White is saying to this husband, you need to understand that. And it's an interesting testimony. You can read it. But that's something we need to understand for ourselves. Um, That there is something in us that is yearning after um, a love that can only be fulfilled really through God. And so we're going to try to find different ways of satisfying this if it's not satisfied in our creator. And so we have legitimate needs, okay? And the Bible talks about um, God supplying these legitimate needs. So we have a legitimate need to be loved. Welcome, welcome. Um, We have a legitimate need to be loved. We have a legitimate need to be accepted. And we have a legitimate need to be affirmed. And in all of these texts, it's God fulfilling those needs. Um, He tells us that he's loved us with an everlasting love. He tells us that it's accepted according to what you have and not according to what you do not have. Um, And he tells us that you are called by my name. You are mine. You are formed for my glory. That's what these texts say, Jeremiah 31, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12 and Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. So God wants to and is able to and is willing to fully supply every single one of our legitimate needs. Isn't that a blessing? I praise the Lord Jesus for that. I fear that the majority of us are missing out on this fulfillment. I fear that even in my own life, um, that I miss, I'm missing it. At some points, I'm missing it. And I want it. Now, you know what best pleases God? When he knows that we want to please him. So when he really knows, when I say, Lord, I really want you to fulfill every single one of my legitimate needs. I want you to be my sole fulfillment. And that's a true cry of the heart. God hears that. And he will begin to answer that cry like nothing that you can ever cry, cry for. Um, like nothing else. And like nothing else that you can ever experience. However, what we do is attempt to find, um, to find this fulfillment in illegitimate ways. Okay? And that is where we have this problem now. Because... We are not in a relationship, not fully attached to Christ like we should to be able to be fulfilled with all these needs. And so being single then becomes a problem that we need to solve. And we start to find it in illegitimate fulfillment um, in a few different ways. Okay, so there's a principle that's found in the Bible. And that's found in Matthew chapter 19. Let us go there. 
Matthew chapter 19. If you can't see the screen, feel free to try and come and do something to fix that. Um, I don't know if there's any more room over here for another chair. There's another seat right here if you can't see what's on the, what's on the screen. Okay? But please be careful of the projector as you step, step this way. All right, so we're in Matthew chapter 19. Are we there? Are you following so far? Amen. Is it making sense? Okay, good. Are we communing with our hearts and with the Lord? Amen. Matthew chapter 19. And this is, ironically, a chapter dealing with marriage. And they ask God all of these, they ask Jesus, I'm sorry, well, he is God. But they ask Jesus all of these questions about divorce and marriage. And um, he answers and they're, they're basically like, wow, this is really hard. If we can't just leave our wives for nothing, like this is a hard saying. You know, <laughs> who can bear it, right? Um, so in verse 7, they said to Jesus, why, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And Jesus said to them in verse 8, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Let's say that together. From the beginning, it was not so. And so if we want to find out how it was supposed to be, what God's original intention was for us, we need to go where? to the beginning doesn't that make sense and so when things look confusing like it was confusing for them like if that's the way it's supposed to be like, that doesn't make any sense and God's like well the, the reason doesn't make sense is because what you're looking at is all the lies that society has told you or because the hardness of your hearts things that I had to allow to occur but go back to the beginning let's go back to the beginning and understand what God's um ideal was for us so how was it in the beginning okay so Adam there was no other human being on the whole planet, okay? Isn't that true? There was only one. Nobody else. And so God says um, to, um, about Adam, this is Patriots and Prophets, page 46, among all the creatures that God had made on the earth, there was not one equal to man. And God said, it is not good that the man should be alone, okay? Now, oftentimes this scripture is used to... Um, justify the reason why we should be feeling like dejected and lonely and sad because we don't have somebody have you heard it being used in that way before right like well the bible says it's not good that we should be alone so uh, it's not uh, my state of being is not a good state of being okay so we want to get rid of that today um <clears throat> god said it is not good that the man should be alone excuse me <coughs> In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Now, if I say to you, bring me a bottle of water. You could just bring me any bottle, right? But if I say to you, bring me the bottle of water, what's your next question going to be? Which one? Because when you put the word the in front of it, it denotes that it's talking about something specific. So God didn't say it is not good that man should be alone. He said it's not good that the man should be alone. Who was he talking about? Adam. And it really only specifically applied to who? 
to Adam because he said it's not good that the man should be alone. And so in its, um, this is just me talking now, in its strictest application, this conclusion could really only truly apply to Adam if we just look at it like that. And really, there was nobody else that was ever going to go through Adam's experience. There's nobody else who is ever going to be the only human being on the planet. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen again. So God was like, you know, it's not good that there should only be one human being existing on this earth, right? It's not good that the man, Adam, should be left in this condition. That doesn't apply to all of us. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't apply to us because we're not the only human beings on this planet. Um, and so when it came to Eve now, God created Eve and he put Adam to sleep, right? He put Adam to sleep. And so when Eve woke up, who did she see? She saw God. And she wasn't necessarily aware that there was another human being. And God wants all of us to have that experience. He wants all of us to have the experience of understanding that he is the only person that all our affections and focus should, and all of our affections should be focused on. He wants us to have that experience before we're cognizant and aware of the fact that the affections can be fastened unto other people. Um, in different circumstances. Unfortunately, because we've been lied to so much, it doesn't happen so much for all of us, but we can be renewed and that experience can still happen to us. And that's the blessing of today. Oh, I want you to walk away, just set free. It's the absolute blessing that we can still have that perfect contentment with Jesus. And so Eve found her all in God before she ever met Adam. Um, and that's what we need to find for ourselves. With God. Right. Psalm 84, verse 11. Let's go there. Psalm chapter 84, verse 11. Psalm chapter 84 and verse 11. Are we there? I still hear pages turning all right amen psalm chapter 84 verse 11 it says for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord will give grace and glory no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly do you believe the promises of, of god i mean do you really believe them because how we experience reality determines how much we really believe the promises of God. So that's a beautiful promise, okay? No good thing will he withhold. And so God is the one to declare if and when it's not good for us to be alone. He's the one that's declared. It's not us. Like, you know, God, it's not good for me to be alone. No, I said that to Adam. And I haven't said that to you yet. And until I say that, it is good. For you to be alone. Does that make sense? Because what did he say in that promise? No good thing will I what? Withhold. So if it's being withheld from us, what is it? It's bad for us, right? If at this current stage, I do not have a lifelong companion, I don't want one. Because he's not withholding anything good for me. And you know what? I don't want anything that's bad for me. And we, want, we need to trust God with all of our hearts. Because it's easy for us to say, 
But God, I would be so much happier if only I just had somebody else. Where did we get that from? Where did we get that notion that we would be happier if only we had somebody else? We got it from the lies that's being told to us by Hollywood, by society, by social media, by our hearts. But God didn't tell us that. He said, I will withhold from you no good thing. I'm withholding something from you that currently is not good for you. Just that truth in and of itself um, should bring a great sense of freedom to us. It does to me. Just that truth in and of itself um, that what we are innately longing after if I don't have it yet I would be miserable if I had it right now just that one thing makes me say praise Jesus thank you thank you father I don't want something that's not good for me and I don't know if I'm the only person in this room that's experienced heartbreak anybody else anybody else been through you know those situations where it's just like I wish I didn't have to cry until it felt like my stomach was going to fall out, right? I don't want to go through that. And God's watching like, you know, my child. You didn't have to go through that. And I never want you to experience that. But will you trust me? Will you trust me that what I am withholding from you is not good for you? And unfortunately, I had to go through a few of those processes before I realized like, Lord, help me to trust you. This is clearly my solution is not working. <laughs> clearly. All right. So, praise the Lord that your creator cannot lie. Amen? Amen. He cannot lie. And in all the lies that's going on around us in society, um, the Bible tells us that God cannot lie. Um, And so, Psalm 73 verse 25. Let's read this one together, actually. It's very precious to me. It says, or if you can see it, or if you turn to it in your Bible, Psalm 73 verse 25. It says, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. I want to ask you a question. Is this true in your experience? Now, you don't have to answer me that. But you want to have a conversation about about that with God. You want to ask him, Lord, is there someone that I desire more than you? Is there something that I desire more than you? Mm-hmm. Is that true in my experience? Um, and ask the Lord to help you to be honest. Because when I honestly said to God, you know what, Lord, I want him more than I want you. Now that doesn't sound nice. In fact, it doesn't feel nice to admit that. I had a friend once who told me, Sometimes in my seasons of self-examination, I tell things to God that I don't want to tell to myself. And it's true. Sometimes you just, you're just going through this admitting like, you know, Lord, let me tell you. To, yeah, that is the reason why I did that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's true. Okay, all right. We dealt with it. But at least let's try and be open and honest with God. Because until then, we can't give it to him for him to change it, right? If we're like, you know, Lord, everything's fine. You're the one, you're the ultimate one that I desire. And he's just not. So, um, there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24 says, Faithful is he who has called you to it, who also will do it. Okay. Um, 
which is the same as a promise found in Christ's chapter lessons that all his biddings are enablings. It's the same thing. So if God said something in the very fact that he said it, it he's given you the possibility to have that. So this is why this promise is so uh, precious to me because it says there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee and so I say Lord you know there are quite a few people that I desire right now more than you but you're faithful if you've called me to this reality you'll also do it in me so I'm going to pray through this promise Lord fulfill in me the reality that there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee and do you think God's going to be faithful in doing that Yes, he will. You know, the Bible where it says, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When it says that, oftentimes it's grossly misapplied. Like, Lord, I desire this. Give me that desire. No, you know, God said, I'm going to give you the very things you should desire. I'm going to teach you how to desire. I'm going to give you the desires themselves. That way, then the things that you're desiring are the things that I would desire for you. When you allow me to change the desires of your heart. Does that make sense? And that that is just really taking God at his word and then living through that reality. When we realize, okay, Lord, I have this desperate longing for this person or for this experience help me you you're faithful you've called me to this you're going to do it in me lord please i pray help this to be a reality in my life and he will do it because he's faithful it takes trust um but he, god even gives us the gift of trust amen okay so the truth is you're not really single at all that's the other truth okay so we got through this whole negative connotation of being single but now let's put our minds in a place where god really wants our minds to be okay um this is isaiah chapter 54 and verse 5 what a beautiful verse right for thy maker is thine husband the lord of hosts is his name and thy redeemer the holy one of israel the god of the whole earth shall he be called god gives us associations or relationships in life not to be the be all and end all of fulfillment but to teach us something about his relationship with us okay everything is about us learning more about the character of god that's actually life itself right that's life God is love and he created so that others could experience love. That's all. And, and love gives. And so in everything, God is like, how can I teach them more about this beautiful, the beauty of love itself? How can they learn it? How can they experience it? So he gives us precious things in life to teach us that. And one of the main things is those associations that he gives us between our families, our friends, and even in um, the marital relationship. And so... What God really wants us to understand is, I am your husband. Like, what you're experiencing with the person, whoever you finally will get married to, if you're called to be married, not everybody is, um, all that will be is a reflection of what we've had all this time. That's all. And so you really need to have that first because we're not going to know how to treat or how to um, associate with or how to truly love somebody else until we've understood what it means for my maker to be my husband now if i have a husband i'm going to act differently to other men isn't that true well i should anyway um and so if my mindset is i am not available 
then this continual longing after something um, can be quelled when it's superseded by it's fulfilled by my husband that I have in God like I'm completely fulfilled by him um, I, I talk to him about everything you know I'll be in relationships and I would literally pick up the phone and just talk to my boyfriend about everything just random stuff haha <laughs> there's a leaf on the floor it doesn't make any sense it made no sense right <laughs> but you know what is a deception of that continual communication that we need to have with God that's all the devil's doing deceiving us like oh doesn't it feel nice but it would be so much more real if we were having that continual conversation with God like Lord thank you so much for that leaf on the floor that's teaching me something about your salvation it's teaching me that as the leaves fall from the tree and sin create cause them to fall you've made them beautiful colors they could have just been black and white but they're not they're like red and orange and yet thank you so much for telling me something about your mercy wow lord a butterfly like just having this conversation with him you know and we go on walks and we it, well, i'm so lonely and god's like i'm right here like, like I, I never went anywhere right what do you mean you're so lonely we're supposed to be having this continual communion, but we don't have it yet. So we feel lonely because we think we should be having it with somebody else. When our husband, our true husband, he never left us. Now, this is important because Christ, was he married? If in order to fulfill the purpose of our creation, we needed to be married, then Christ would have been married. Does that make sense? So the purpose of our creation is not in being united with somebody else in a marriage relationship. Like that's not the purpose for why we created. In order to reflect God's character fully, we don't need to be married. Um, because Jesus did it perfectly and he was never married. And so Jesus said in John 8 verse 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So what Jesus had was a continual communion with his Father. He understood the uh, experience of being so bound to, to his heavenly Father that he never felt alone. The Father has never left me alone. Um, and I do always those things that please him. And so what's uppermost in Christ's mind is how do I please the person who is with me all the time and the devil deceives us into wanting to put that pleasing somebody into a relationship that's what happened we're like ha ah, I just want to dote on someone I just want to give them little tokens of my affection I just want to no stop um uh, we're being lied to we're being what you're being lied to by your own heart, actually, above everything else. Um, but when we have this experience, like the Father has never left me alone. I want to do everything possible to please God. And we love God and please him really by the way that we treat each other, right? Um, and so I was going to put it at the end of this presentation, but it wouldn't allow for it. So I'm just going to... Um, talk about it that in seeking for how can I make somebody else happy or joyful what kind tokens of affections can I do for my uh, 
the people around me, for my fellow sisters, for my associates? What, what can I do to bring a smile to people's face? Or what can I do to lift somebody else up? Because all of those things are what's pleasing to God. And what we really want is to see a smile on God's face. Um, because he's our husband. Like, just because, just because. Isn't he... I was about to say, isn't he worth it? But it's, it's so much of an understatement. It doesn't, that, let's not go there. Okay. All right. So your creator um, will not lie. Psalm seven, 73, verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Amen. Um, I don't want these things to be cliches or to be, how can we make them a reality? I, I'm going to go into a little bit more practic practicalities, but even now as you're listening, um, ask yourself, how can I make this a reality, right? First of all, the most important thing is as soon as you have a moment, go and have some heart-to-heart -heart communication with God, right? Like, Lord, this is what was just presented. And do I desire somebody more than you? Show me that. Am I trying to please somebody more than trying to please you? Uh, Reveal that to me, you know, help me to see my heart. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that was there. Okay, now how can we work on, on not continuing in that vein? How is it that I can now turn my affections towards you? And I was so thankful for what Brother Lemon presented this morning. Isn't that a blessing? Um, I was so thankful for seeing just those practical steps of spending that time in communion with God and really beholding Christ. As I've been studying more, I've realized that um, we talk about behold, I talk about beholding Christ and preach about beholding Christ and read about Christ and I'm still not beholding him. And I don't know if any of you have, uh, understand what I'm saying, um, especially as somebody that does presentations or, you know, teachers, it's so easy to exemplify these themes and talk about these lofty um, principles and in our own life, we're still kind of missing it. But it's simple. Like the gospel is not complicated. So it goes back down to, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I need you. I need a picture. I need you in my mind. I really need that. Show me today in what I'm going to read today, something that I can fix my mind on. And what that does is gives me something tangible throughout the day to lay hold on, right? So that when these thoughts come in of somebody else that I desire, or when these longings come in, or when these, you know, the devil is constantly putting things in our mind. If you just set tight, look that up in the spirit of prophecy, you'll find that he literally implants thoughts into our minds. So all of those thoughts don't come from us and can be repelled. But if we have nothing to replace it with, it's just like a void. It's like a vacuum. And so I, 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 want to keep um, keep something precious about Jesus from the beginning of the day and throughout the day, meditate on it. And oftentimes, um, I'm just putting this in here because it's not at the end. So oftentimes, um, at the beginning of our walks, of our walk, we take baby steps. You know, the word of God talks about that. It's first milk and then it's meat. So at the beginning, um, don't look at the full corn in the ear and be like, I don't have that. That's no, okay. There's the blade, right? There's the blade and then there's the ear and then there's a full corn in the ear. And as the blade, you can pick, you can do something just as simple as picking a story. 
Lord, today I'm going to read about Jesus on the lake and read about it, experience that, go through it. Oh, wow, Lord, that was amazing. You were sleeping while the storm was going on. I want to be so restful in you that while the storm is going on in my heart that I'm just, you know, calm. Um, Wow, Lord, you rebuke the winds and the waves. That means that these things that are coming into my life, you can rebuke them. You promised the disciples that they would get to the other side. Praise the Lord. That's a promise that I'm going to get through this. That means then throughout the day, when these things come in to bombard me, I'm like, what was that story? Oh, yeah. And I'm talking to God about that again. Yeah, let me, let's, let's talk over it one more time. You were sleeping. Give me that experience. I keep it, keep something in your mind. That's just some baby steps that we can do as we learn more about this continual communion with Christ. Does that make sense? All right, good. So, um, marriage is not the goal of life, okay? Marriage is what? It's not the goal. <laughs> it's not the aim. Um, you're perfectly fine. We are perfectly fine as we are, as long as we are um, communing, communing with our maker, who is our husband. Okay. So some questions. Um, do you love God better than anyone else? That's a question. It's in, um, what is AY? I don't know if it is Adventist youth. I don't think it is. Anyway, AY 42 paragraph one. Um, no, it's AY. Okay, anyway. Somebody can look that up and find it real quick. Do you love God better than anyone else? Do you? Ask this to the Lord. And remember your heart, your heart's lying to you. Remember that. So you can't trust what your heart says. Okay. So in Psalm chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth where? In his heart. Speak of the truth where? In his heart. This, this, this whole, the whole paradigm shift that God is taking me through, the whole way that any of our paradigm shift is going to change is when we learn to speak the truth in our hearts. Is when we learn to be like, um, that's what's really going on. I really don't love God as much as I should. God, help me with that. So here are some questions. Um, your love for that which is human is to be secondary to your love for God. The wealth of your affection is to flow forth to him who gave his life for you. Living for God, the soul sends forth to him its best and highest affections. Is the greatest outflow of your love toward him who died for you? Councils of the Church, page 126, paragraph 4. Um, the longing for something on which to center our affections reveals the fact that the heart is not centered upon Christ. It is not absorbed in his work. When women will feed upon the water of life, they will have far less sentimentalism and far greater spirituality. All right. So the longing for something which to center our affections. And she's talking to a woman here who actually wanted to adopt a baby. 
and so she's just saying the longing for something to pour our affections onto as opposed to just pouring ourselves into the work that's evidence that the heart is not centered upon Christ but when we see that evidence give it to God don't stay discouraged like you know that that's not God doesn't want us to be discouraged. He wants us to learn how to speak the truth in our hearts and then say, okay, Lord, um, how is it that I can have far less sentimentalism, a desire to place my affections in different um, people and far greater spirituality? Teach me how to feed upon the water of life. The Bible um, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says um, that hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And so we hope for something. And if we live in this continual hope of another reality that we're not living in, we make ourselves sick at the heart. And so many of us are dealing with this dull heartache of nothingness because we're hoping for a future reality when presently God can give us everything that we desire. Presently. And what the devil doesn't want us to, reckon, to, to experience is that present joy and fulfillment. And so he wants us to be heart sick because we're looking forward and hoping to something that's not ours currently. And hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But God wants to make our hearts whole today. Amen. So I'm now going to go um, quickly through four mindsets that I just put these together. They're not inspired. It's just different things that I've been observing along the way. You can see if you fit into any of these or if you're an amalgamation of them or if you're just somebody else, that's okay. We just want to take ourselves to God and examine our hearts and ask him to examine our hearts, okay? So the first one is single and searching, okay? This is the first type of woman, single and searching. So uh, the single and searching woman is dissatisfied with their current state actively hoping for change and the actions reflect their desires so they're the people that you might see inclining more towards males or you may see uh, see yourself having lots of male associations um, like keeping in contact with them over the phone wanting to be more in like a male bible study group than a female bible study group um you know going on walks and say oh why am i just among females it's portrayed as sometimes the way we dress and that it's it comes out in different ways and um if if you f fit into this category it's none of these are condemnation it's just for us to understand oh maybe that's where i am okay now god can help me from there but we need to see where we are and so singular searching is a woman who's just dissatisfied like i recognize that i'm longing for a companion lord help that longing to now be satisfied by you and so i'm no longer um hoping for that it doesn't mean it's never going to come it just means you're not sat here longing you know like rocking in a chair like when lord <laughs> <laughs> okay solo and set uh, by the way, I, I have been through every single one of these. Uh, every single one of these has been my experience. Solo and set. So I'm going to be like Paul. Right? I'm not getting married. I don't want to get married. No, it's a lie. It's a, <laughs> it's a lie. For about two years, I was like, I'm never getting married. No, why? Why did I say that? My heart wasn't there. It's just, but it's one of those defense mechanisms. If I tell myself I don't want it, I'm going to be able to power through this. No. Um, so the decision to be single for life, adamant against change and trying to convince others of the same. Why would you want to get married? You know, like, no, it's a heartache. It's just, we don't need men. We can be independent. Okay, solo and set. Now, Paul, um, he did say that it's, it's good for people to stay unmarried. And if you read the context of when Paul was talking, it was in a time of persecution. 
Um, so in a time of persecution and tribulation, yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of difficult. Like, da, 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 and you know, you're like fleeing for your life. But <laughs> in general, like we're not in a time of persecution now. So we, we want to understand the context of these things and not be like, well, Paul said, you know, it's better to be single. So I'm just, I'm just going to power through it. Be, let's be real. Our hearts lie to ourselves. Okay. Okay. Next one, alone and aloof. So this is somebody that's come to terms with being single and patiently waiting for the person that's coming. Um, and so that means that it's like, you know, no, I am single and I'm not looking for anything right now. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm all right. And we're praying for the right one, but we're praying for the right one. Okay. So <laughs> inwardly, you're not really patiently waiting at all. Right. But outwardly, you really can't. No, I know God's called me to be married, but I'm, I'm patiently waiting for it. These, this type of mindset is manifested in a lot of talk about marriage, a lot of talk about the right principles, a lot of talk about the right one, and a lot of talk about how to be patient. No, the, all of that is just a manifestation of my heart is actually still longing for it and wanting and wishing it was today. Okay. And sometimes these people kind of come off as unapproachable to men because it's, uh, it, it, it's like, um, I'm, I'm single and I'm okay. And I'm just, I'm doing what I'm doing and you're doing it too well because it's really like a facade for what's really happening in, in our hearts. Um, so the last one, which I pray all of us will get to, is free and fulfilled. Free and fulfilled. We are coming to a close. Free and fulfilled, not defined by singleness. So actually, you're not even thinking about whether you're in a relationship or not. It's just not on your mind. Isn't that a blessing? Like, wouldn't it be a blessing for it never to be on your mind? If you're there, praise the Lord. I'm not going to say I am. But I'm going to say the Lord is teaching me, taking me on a journey. And I'm, I'm so desirous, you know, to be just fully filled with God. This type of woman is filled with Jesus. I'm not saying the others aren't, by the way. I'm not saying the others are, like, disconnected from God. But I'm just saying when you're finally just free and fulfilled, um, all that will absorb your mind is... Jesus and the work and, and being heart to heart with him and finishing the work. I mean, that's like takes up and absorbs the, uh, the majority, all of your attention. I just want to see the work go forward. And their mind is not in marriage. These women are surprised by interest when people like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're interested? <laughs> you know? and it's not that they're like saying I'm never going to get married, but it's just not there. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be in this place of not saying I'm patiently waiting. When you're saying you're patiently waiting, you're really not. But when we are just absorbed in the work and now God is like, hey, let me give you somebody that the two of you can be absorbed in the work together. And that's going to, you know, it, it's going to help the work go forward even faster if that's God's calling for your life at that time. But in the meantime, you don't need that. It's not like you need somebody to, to help the work go forward. Your whole mind is a t and attention is on what is my purpose of creation? What has God called me specifically to? Where is my special place? And I want all of you to understand this. Each one of us, God created you to show the rest of the universe something about himself that only you can show to the universe, right? Every single one of you. There's only one of you because of that. So 
when the universe looks at you, they're like, ah, oh, so that's what that piece of God's mind looks like. And they're not going to get that from anybody else. That's why we're so precious, by the way. That's why Jesus couldn't, he didn't just make another one. He couldn't. When he made you, that was it. That was that thought. That thought was you. He's not, he's not going to think that twice. That was it. And so, you know, God, God's heart really, it really breaks over his lost children because that's also lost to the universe forever pieces of the character of God that they're not going to see because they were created to reflect that and so when we understand that like you know my purpose I just want to fully reflect to those people around me to the universe at large what it is that God has given to me specifically to show them about himself um, I Lord do everything with me possible to fulfill it in my life when that happens like everything else is secondary you know it's just true when <laughs> Set your affections on things above. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else, it's, it's coming. But that main thing, you know, will hold you. So free and uh, fulfilled. I want to read to you a quote, which is by Elizabeth Elliot. This is not a spirit of prophecy quote. Um, one of my favorite uninspired authors. <clears throat> she says, Single life may be only a stage of a life's journey, but even a stage is a gift. God may replace it with another gift, but the receiver accepts his gifts with thanksgiving. This gift for this day. She goes on to say, the life of faith is lived one day at a time. And it has to be lived, not always looked forward to as though the real living were around the next corner. It is today for which we are responsible. God still owns tomorrow. Amen? Can you go back, please? I can. All right, I can. Isn't that a precious thought? We're not to live like the real living is just around the corner. I'm finally going to get there. No, today is your moment. In fact, we're only given today. God still owns tomorrow. And so I just really want to leave you with two more quotes, and then we are going to um, close this session. Um, in fact, this is the same quote. It, it's just in two parts. Feelings of unrest and homesickness or loneliness may be for your good. Your heavenly father means to teach you to find in him the friendship and love and consolation that will do what? Satisfy your most earnest hopes and desires. Now, this is very interesting that Sometimes when we go through these feelings, loneliness, and God said, mate, it's for your good. Sometimes I, d I allow you to go through that um, so that it will drive you to him because nobody else can satisfy it. Nobody. Nobody else can. You, and you can testify to it. You who have been in relationships and you know, actually, it didn't bring that fulfillment. It didn't. It actually didn't bring that satisfaction. It, it wasn't. And then you know what? We're left even emptier because now we thought we found it and we didn't. And now what am I going to do? <laughs> like my, my hopes are all pinned on him. Well, <laughs> he could never give you the happiness that you're searching for. But in Jesus, amen, you can find the friendship, the love, and the consolation that will satisfy your most earnest hopes and desires. And this is the rest of that quote. It says, 
Your only safety and happiness are in making Christ your constant counselor. You can be happy in him if you had not another friend in the wide world. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay. And we're going to close with um, Psalm, not this Psalm, Psalm 16, 8, 11. You can write that down. Mm -hmm. That talks about in his presence is fullness of joy. But I want to um, end with this text, which is Psalm chapter 17 and verse 15. Let's go there together and let's read it together. Psalm chapter 17 and verse 15. When you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. It says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. Altogether, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. That is a true satisfaction. Um, did was what was presented today did it make sense was it helpful did it ring true to somebody's heart today are there some things that you can practically apply from today yeah um i think the main thing is to have the heart-to-heart -heart communion with god have that self-examination have that conversation with him um and, and he will truly give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to kneel for prayer and take a break before we go into the next session, the myth of the holy harlot. All right, let us, let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful. I am so thankful that we can find in you our everything. And I desire for myself, for all of my sisters here, um, that that is not a cliche. It can become a present reality at this moment. At this moment, Lord, we can choose to leave behind all those longings and reaching out after that which was never promised to us today that which we have in our minds because of the lies that have been told to us by all around us and even by our own hearts. But I'm thankful for the freedom that we can find in you, Father. I'm thankful that we can be happy in you if we have not another friend in the wide world. And I'm thankful that we are a whole person, that to be single doesn't mean to be half. We are whole in you. And we don't, don't need to attach ourselves to anybody else in order to experience that reality. We just need to be fully, completely, and 100% attached to you so that you can satisfy all of those desires of our hearts. And Father, I pray... Um, for those in this room who are struggling with the um, affection that is being placed on somebody else. There's somebody in this room who right now is battling with an infatuation, battling with a relationship that needs to be let go of, um, who is battling with an association that's improper and needs to be cut off. And these things, Father, are difficult. They're difficult to do because we are looking for fulfillment in those people. And I pray, Lord, at this moment, 
you will help us to take the leap of faith to trust you that on the other side there is so much satisfaction in you that we wouldn't even dream of yearning for anything else i pray and i plead lord that that will be everybody's reality um, from this moment forward and i thank you that you are faithful if you've called us to it you also will do it in the name of jesus we pray amen this media was brought to you by audioverse a website dedicated to spreading god's word through free sermon audio and much more if you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.